It's the Instant Reacts podcast for week number five. I've been texting back and forth with Mitch Stormer tonight. Mitch, you're shot out of a cannon. I can tell you're ready to go. Yeah, uh, there was quite a bit of good action tonight. A lot of great games, a lot of great results. And just kind of looking ahead now at kind of building upon our last episode of where we talked about playoff picture and kind of looking into the crystal ball. Um, a little bit more clarity tonight, but now looking into week six, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of great matchups upcoming here, but first let's uh, let's get into what happened tonight. We will get into what happened tonight. We got all the final scores here. And of course, if we got final scores, you know we got Brian Stocking in the house. Stock, you're in the WQAD command module, as we've uh, come to call it over the years. Here you are. How was your Friday night, sir? It was a very interesting Friday night because we had several games that started late or that, that start early. There was concerns about the weather. In fact, one game in Iowa did get called at halftime due to weather. So it, it was a wild and crazy night. That, that is on the View from the East podcast when you talk about Iowa, not yeah, on this we one. We don't talk about Iowa football here, Stock. That is just <laughs> discussing it for the, for the viewers to, to, so they can see how much weather we had. Okay, for the listeners, there you go. All right, all right. Well, we're jumping in to the Western Big Six, but again, the story, the story in the Western Big Six is the Three Rivers Athletic Conference. Mitch, I'm guessing you had your eyes on this one most of the night. Let's start there. Yeah, I did watch this one um, on on Tiger Central Live. Uh, so shout out to the Princeton crew. Yep. Yeah this this was. Well, I guess I should set the ta- I should set the scene here. Yeah. Princeton gets the win over Sterling 28 to 6. So yeah. okay, now proceed. Yeah. And it I don't want to I don't really want to say that it went the way that I thought it would. Um let, let me let me start with this because I guess this is true. I, I didn't have any way of looking this up, but the, the Princeton or sorry, the Tiger Central Live team said that this was the first time that Sterling has played this year on grass i guess that'd be right if yeah i suppose what's that stock they had a home game though earlier this year against morrison and the no, game no, was no. That first, no, no 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 the first time sterling has oh, played sterling, on grass. um and i guess that would be true and i don't want to say at all that that's the reason that they didn't play well or, or played slow or anything but i think it certainly did give princeton the advantage because it played directly into their game so um the princeton defense was really really good sterling never got anything going they had an early touchdown pass that went for uh, 60 70 yards or so um you guys had a, a really great highlight of that on the, on the score tonight but it was it was casey etheridge it was ace christensen it was william lott just doing what Princeton does and that's that's run the ball score and keep you out of the end zone so as you said 28 to 6 uh Casey Etheridge had three scores uh Noah Laporte had a 40 yard pick six with uh just under three minutes to play in the fourth so we were excited about seeing this game we we knew that it really just had playoff implications and and, you know what was going to be a win for somebody doesn't have anything to do with the conference but the track's now two and zero against the Western Big Six this year. It that's crazy. Um, and you mentioned that it was uh, a well shot highlight because you know why. You know who was there. 
who is all over it. I do. I do. Dan I Pearson. Dan yeah. Pearson, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, getting all over that vid. We'll get to your we'll get to your Knoxville highlights soon, Greg. Don't you all worry. Right. All right. Sounds good. A bad year for the Western Big Six gets worse tonight. You look at the Western Big Six, and in past years you've had we've had some really top flight teams. The only two really top flight teams that could make that will get a home game in the first round of the playoffs are Quincy and Geneseo. You look at the last four weeks, week two, big spotlight game was Lyle Bennett Moline. Lyle Bennett wins. Since they've gone to just a conference play, week three, Galesburg was on the road. They played Indian Creek Trafalgar, lost last week. Rocky lost to Newman in overtime. This week, Sterling loses to Princeton. They're 0-3 in non-conference games uh, to fill in the uh, to because they have an odd number of teams. Next week, Moline could not find an opponent. They're not playing. UT, I think, in week eight couldn't find an opponent. You're looking at Geneseo in week seven playing at Mendota, who's winless, and Quincy in week nine hosting Muhammad Seymour as the only two non-conference wins the Western Big Six has got in the last seven weeks. And I don't think anyone at the start of the season would have said that. I mean, you got Galesburg and Geneseo uh, became playoff eligible tonight. Moline's now two and three. They should get playoff eligible. Sterling's two and three. They... They might get playoff eligible. They still got to play Geneseo. They still got to play Sterling. And you know Geneseo has a lot of we got payback because they've got seven years of uh, Sterling receipts of them getting beat. So, I mean, you got it's going to be a tough road for the Western Big Six to get four teams in the playoffs. They may only get three. Stock, you are yes. coming in hot here on the Western Big Six. It's I'm Come, not trying in. to be a – I'm not trying to become hot on it. I'm just stating facts. I mean, it's been a rough year for the Western Big Six. Got worse tonight. This was a very important game for the conference, and Sterling didn't do – Sterling couldn't come up with the victory. So it makes another – it's another demerit to the Western Big uh, Six mark. Okay, okay. The teacher's giving out demerits here. All right, we're not we're not yeah, dwelling great. in the negative stock. Mitch, yeah. what do you got? Quick clarification, as Stocking says, he's – uh, spitting out facts. He said that Galesburg became playoff eligible tonight. No, which he meant to say Quincy. Yes, you did. Yes, <laughs> you did. You we got receipts. We got Geneseo receipts. We can go back and listen. Quincy and Geneseo for sure. And and Stock, two, you mentioned two, that two. they didn't have that the Western Big Six has no non-conference wins. Obviously, I didn't say none. I okay. Said, since they gone to conference. Okay, conference, okay, okay, there, okay. They're zero three. Okay. I know they've got conference wins from weeks one and two, but that well, they weren't playing conference games yet. Well, on the on the positive side of things, we, we look at the positive. Let's talk about Three Rivers Athletic Conference here and Princeton really looking good. I mean, since week one against Monmouth Roseville, Casey Etheridge has burst onto the scene. I mean, he he's been a dynamic playmaker in a Princeton program that continually produces playmakers. And on top of a name like Noah Laporte that we knew coming into this year, he makes a huge play to really kind of seal the victory tonight. So, so stock let's be, let's, you know, positives here. How about Princeton? Princeton tonight, you know, in the past we've, we've known how 
Princeton just puts 30, 40 points on people in a half and blows them out. Tonight, I saw part of the game on uh, Tiger uh, Vision. Tiger Central Live. Tiger Central Live, thank you. And they were they had control they controlled the ball for large swaths of the game, ball controlled, good draw long drives that uh, kept Sterling off that kept the Sterling offense off the field and kept that defense on the field. And eventually Princeton wore them down. And I think, you know, Casey Etheridge, my goodness, another three touchdown. Now he's had like two or three of these uh, nights uh, this year already, and it's only week five. Princeton is going to be a very tough out. They're four and one. They only lost to Morrison by a uh, on a field goal at the at the gun. I mean that that's how close they are to being five and zero again. And we'll get to Morrison in a minute. I've been talking to coaches from around the Three Rivers, and we'll get to. It's one thing for us to get up here and talk about how impressive Morrison has been, but you're starting to hear it from the head coaches who are seeing them in person. Like I said, we'll get to them in a minute. Stock, let's run down the rest of the scores in the Western Big Six. Okay. You had go, – yeah, go ahead. I'll let you take over. This is, you know. Okay, Princeton beat Sterling 28-6. to six. We've referenced that. Moline, in one of the biggest rivalries in the state, beat Rock Island 28-10. to 10. Geneseo beats Galesburg 43-3. to three. And in a track meet, Quincy defeats UT 63-27. to 27. Quincy had six possessions in the first half, scored touchdowns on all six – Great and little stat line from the first half was like a video game stat. 292 yards passing, four touchdowns. He ends with 352 passing, six touchdowns. Uh, uh, Adam Big Byquest, 144 yards receiving. Tykel Hamers had two touchdowns in the first half. He had over 100 yards receiving. Jarius Rice had over 100 yards rushing. Quincy's offense, my goodness, they are unstoppable. Mitch, did you catch any of this game? Was it uh, was it a live stream? I did not. Um, I didn't get into the command center for for a while tonight. So, but the updates were coming in pretty hot and heavy on this one. So, this was maybe my favorite stat of the night from David Adam of of Muddy River Sports with his three hundred and fifty two passing yards. Little had more passing yards tonight alone than any of the other QBs in the Western big six had through four games. Oh, oh my gosh. Woo. I did see part of the game on uh, NFH, NFH network. Uh, the coverage got cut off at like halftime because the, I think they started with they covered, they started covering the uh, freshman game and then uh, morphed into the varsity game. And then I think it ran too long. So they cut, it got cut. Um, you know, you look at Quincy, I was watching part of that game, just up and down the field. And, I mean, UT could not stop them at all. And it's not a slight on UT's defense. Quincy is just that good. I mean, they put 34 on a, on a very good Moline defense last night, uh, last week. I mean, Quincy is just unstoppable. And if they, I mean, they could, I mean, they go 9-0. With that type of offense, they could make a run deep into the state playoffs. You know, you get the right uh, right bracket and things break your right way. They Quincy could be playing into that next to last or last week in November. Yeah, I I mean this is a year they've had circled. So that see here we go, Stock. We 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 were a little negative on the Big Six there, but the the ultimate positive here is we may have one of our best teams in recent memory. I mean, this team looks really good. 
And Genesee is no slouch either. They they yep. took it to Galesburg tonight, 43-3, down in Galesburg. And uh, A.J. Weller had a, uh, had a got him started with a touchdown pass. And then Genesee, they just, you know, the green machine, they were like the machine tonight of the old days, just grinding up yards, grinding out first downs, picking up touchdowns. And Genesee is 5-0 for the first time since 2015. And it's their first, it's only their second ever three game win streak in the Western Big Six. Last time was 2020. There we go. Last game to talk about Moline over Rock Island 28 10. This is Moline's first home win of the season. So it comes against Rock Island. Stock, do we know, or Mitch, do we know Moline and Rock Island is always one of the Long oh, we have Matt Randazzo in the house behind you, stock tormenting you. I saw him <laughs> as usual. Uh, he, he'll hopefully he joins us here. Um, okay, Moline and Rock Island, we always refer to it as one of the longest rivalries. Is it is it the longest continuous? Because Princeton and Kiwani got interrupted there for a while, they didn't play for a few years, but there may be some other, a few Maybe other teams around the state that have played. As maybe long, I, maybe Ottawa LP. That would be Moline, close, but I don't know. Moline and Rocky had a had to take a break in the early 19 teens because the fans would go across to the other town after the uh, after the game was over, and you know raise havoc and raise a ruckus because they their team won and the other team lost, so they stopped it for a while because it was getting too there was too much. You know, outside for interference. This is Moline and Rocky. You're talking about? Yes. Okay. Okay. So I we think don't. That, so they 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 are not. It's not continuous. But oh, I I thought it was. I, okay. No, in the 19 teens, there they had to take a break one one or two years. I think in like 1912 or so because of the hmm. fact that there was you know fans going over to the other side, but they played a lot. Maybe Ottawa LP is uh continuous more continuous interesting it's up there it's yeah up there. yeah Inter- all right well either way either way a great rivalry one of my favorites i i love it uh moline comes away with another win tonight do you know much about this one stock i didn't i didn't i don't have much detail on this one tonight um, I- yeah pablo perez had two first half touchdowns and that staked moline to a 14-7 halftime lead um, Drew Phelps, I think, is the quarterback for Moline. Yes. He was, he was uh, injured. No report on what the injury is, but I'm not sure. I'm not even sure if he came back. There was not much said about it, um, but Moline did pull away uh, late in the game. Rocky is 0-5 for the first time since 1977. Wow. Wow. That – I mean, Stock, I love your stats, but that's, that's a rough one for yeah. – for Rocks fans, that's yeah, it's been a rough year for Rocky. I mean, you know, I don't think anyone saw, you know, the saw I don't think I don't think anyone, you know, when we had our uh when we had the preseason pod, if you have said to us, would Rock what would Rocky's record be after five games, no one would have said it on five. I mean, it's just been a rough go for them. But let's let's look through it real quick. I I know it's 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 a rough year any way you slice it, but they lose in week one on the road to Manuka, who's now ranked number 10 in class 8A. 
They lose on the road to Dunlap, who's ranked in Class 6A. You lose to Quincy, who's ranked 8 in 7A. Now, the Newman loss is a tough one because they're a 1A school, but they're Newman. still ranked. They're and still good. <laughs> yeah, and Newman's good. Thank Yes, exactly. And then this week to Moline. So I, I'm not trying to make excuses, but I am pointing out, as you said, Stock, I'm pointing out facts. Yeah, they've, they're, played, they're they've played a lot of really good teams. So yeah, they haven't, and they haven't ducked anybody. I mean, you know, they, they, they knew that this was going to be a tough schedule. They didn't duck anybody. So, you know, next week they host UT. Maybe they can get, uh, you know, I think that's going to be a very, I think that could be a very intriguing game. Yep. Because Rocky's really hungry for a win. UT's hungry for a win. You got Matthew Kelly, who's been, who's really put up some good numbers this year, albeit in uh, with, uh, even though UT hasn't won. So I think that's going to be a very intriguing game. Yeah. They have United Township and Galesburg in the next two weeks. So I think that there's an opportunity for them to build a little momentum. Obviously this year is kind of a, I mean, it's a bit of a wash. I mean, at this point, when you talk about, you know, obviously playoffs are kind of out of the picture, but if you want to build any kind of positive momentum in Fritz's first year, you certainly want to grab some wins here down the stretch. Anything you can right. do to build some positive momentum. Right. And next week, the game of the uh, one of the, the game of the week in the Western Big Six is going to be Sterling at Geneseo. Yes, Sterling at Geneseo. And Stock, I'm going to put you on the spot because you called it out. You said before the season started, Geneseo is going to win that game. Yes, I still believe it. And I, I. I will also say I felt really good about Geneseo heading into this season, and they've they validated that. They look really good. I think that for Sterling, they have a huge opportunity here to make some noise in the big six and knock off a team in Geneseo that looks really good. But, man, again, Geneseo has really looked the part that we thought they would. I mean, they, they look good. Yeah, Geneseo uh, has lost eight straight to, to Sterling. So it's going to be very big for Sterling in this game. But Sterling's got to win two of the three big ones. They've got Geneseo still left. they got Moline still left. they got Quincy still left. They're two and three right now. They can only afford to lose one of those. They lose two. They're going to be in that, well, let's hope enough five. there's not enough five and four teams to make the playoffs because otherwise they'll be out. And I'm not sure the Western Big Six has enough playoff points to carry them if they're if they are a four and five team and there are spots. So Mitch, next week, Sterling and Geneseo. Interesting matchup now. Sterling, they're reeling a little bit. You know, this was a tough loss tonight. Geneseo, they're, you know, they're on a roll. So should be well, an interesting think, one. Yeah, it goes back to Stock's point with 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 Sterling's loss tonight. Now they're sitting at two and three. They've got Geneseo, Quincy, Rock Island, and Moline left. And that's maybe one for sure win. And probably the other three would be considered upsets. So Sterling definitely has a much tougher road they did than, say, 24 hours ago with a loss to Princeton. So, yeah, they've, they've got some work to do. So, um, but the way Geneseo is playing, it's, it's at Geneseo as well. Um, yeah, Coach Lummer's got uh, got a lot 
a lot to look ahead to here, but they've, they've got to win one here. Yeah. I mean, I've always been going back, you know, this Ster- Sterling program, you know, year in and year out, I've always been impressed with the coaching staff and the way they get their teams prepared. So I think if, you know, you talked about, if there's an upset that needs to happen along the way, this is a program that has the potential to do that. You know, it's just a matter of kind of, you know, figuring some things out. They obviously offensively slowed down a little bit tonight against Princeton, but it should be interesting to see how that rivalry game against Geneseo plays out next week and then where you go from there. So looking down the way, I mean, looking down the way, when you start looking at the standings right now, it's, it's Geneseo and Quincy that are, you know, on a collision course. Will they get there? Will they get there both being undefeated? That's yet to be determined, but they're on that collision course to determine who wins the big six. And Sterling's got to win two of those three big, big ones. Otherwise they're, otherwise they're at the mercy of being four and five and hoping that there's not many five and 14, yeah. not five and 14 in. Stock, tell Dazzo yeah. to quit screwing around and get on the podcast already. Yes, I get to work on the podcast. I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> All right. Sports office. And I'm stuck moving. Leave well, it. I can't help that. <laughs> All right. First. <laughs> um, Stock, since you gave us the scores in the Western Big Six, let's we'll, we'll default. We'll go back to Mitch. Mitch, run down the three rivers for us here. All right. A uh, mixture of both divisions here. Uh, Kiwani, 41 nothing winners over Spring Valley Hall. You got Bureau Valley picking up the big win, 35 to 14 over Mendota. Princeton, as we talked about, over Sterling, 28 to 6. Uh, Newman and EP, the offenses came alive in the second half. It was 0 0 at half, but Newman comes away with yet another win, 20 to 7 over the Panthers. Morrison rolled over the Titans from Monmouth Roseville, 41 to 12. Rock Ridge put up a ton of points tonight against Orion, 54 to 20. Rock Ridge gets their fourth win of the year. Uh, and Sherrard picks up uh, another victory, 49-16 to 16 over Riverdale. What were you keeping tabs on here in the Three Rivers? Um, Mitch, I'll start with you. Um, as mentioned, the Princeton-Sterling game was won. Um, caught the Morrison-Monmouth-Roseville uh, game, which that game was on huddle. I don't think I've ever watched a game on huddle before, but that was a really clear picture. I, I liked that. That was um, from Monmouth Roseville, right? Interesting. Yes. And I think okay. according to Morrison's athletic boosters, that's what they also want to try to do next year. So we'll see. But I okay, I thought it was good. I was it, it free? Good. Yes. We like that. <laughs> we do like that. Um, Federal schools don't have it. Caught, free. Yeah. And then caught some of the Rock Ridge uh, just offensive night. So, yeah, caught a few games here. Um, looking at the scores, no surprises. I don't think. Yep. I think just probably looking forward now to next week, which will probably determine the Mississippi with Kiwani, unbeaten Kiwani, going to four and one Princeton. I may have to. I may have to circle that matchup. That that may be where I go next week. I've been to that game two years in a row. I might make it three years in a row. Are you sure that game's at? Princeton, I've got it at. Wait. Okay. Princeton. I, I can't read my own writing at times. Uh oh. Says, says, says he has the facts, and then. Uh, <laughs> well, well, that's what happens when you get old. 
Um, one other, there was one other game though that you missed. Uh, Riverdale I mean, had their homecoming tonight, and I didn't the, miss that game. He said the no. score. That was the last one I, no. that was the last one I said. Will you let, let me look, finish? Before the varsity football game, they had the varsity boys soccer match between Orange, Sherrard, and Riverdale, which Riverdale won three to two. And I was wondering Sen- why you tagged us in that tonight. And Aiden Sensenbaugh scored two goals for Riverdale tonight in the in the soccer game. Then he kicked a forty-seven yard field goal. So for so Riverdale had one of those unusual one of the most unusual homecoming nights. Uh, of the season, they had a soccer game and then the football game. So that's cool. That's great. I was, I was, honestly, I was curious when I saw because that that uh, field goal made it into the score. I was curious if he played soccer because that was a heck of a kick and forty seven yards. You don't see that uh, that distance too often in, in is, high school. He is the leading goal. He scored more goals in, uh, than any other player in Riverdale history. There, wow. There you go, Stock. What's the longest field goal you kicked as a Riverdale Ram? Uh, I never played because I have a heart condition, and when I would try and kick the ball, it looked more like Charlie Brown trying to kick with Lucy Holden. I think I think I got like maybe ten yards off the ground. Okay, kind of like my golf shots from the okay. Team. There you go. There you go. Um, so you all mentioned I, it was all I, heard, all I heard was that Stocking has never officially missed a field goal in Riverdale history. That's what ah, I heard. there you go. True, too. There you go. Mitch Stormer always finding the positives here. Um, I did see earlier today, Riverdale Rams football on Facebook. They have a homecoming tradition of homecoming high fives. So the football team was waiting at the elementary school as the kids got off the bus to give them high fives this morning. That was just really cool. I, I just caught that and thought good for them, like to establish those kind of community pride type of things you know within the football program that was better than our homecoming traditions oh boy i don't sounds like we that did, could go off the rails because uh, uh, i was the statistician for the football team so i got to ride on the fire truck float with the varsity all four years yes we would take candy and gum and throw it at the other teams and they would throw candy and gum back at us before we would uh leave uh dorrance park okay Right. And our floats usually broke down on the track. When you're all four class floats broke down on the track <laughs> at halftime of the varsity game. It's like, this is not good, but um, tonight. Uh, hold on, hold on. Mitch has got something here. We'll pause. Go ahead. I was just going to say that I, I've seen that with more and more teams this year that either on like Friday mornings, there's teams helping with, with school drop-offs or whatever it may be. So I've seen that around the communities more. So yeah, that's, that's pretty neat. Yeah. I mean, it's a good community outreach. It builds, uh, you know, builds community. Um, Sherrard tonight, man, they, they jumped all over Riverdale early, 43 to three at halftime and Sherrard they're getting, you know, you could see that Sherrard may be making a run here for the playoffs. They struggled a little, they had a little, a little struggle early, but they gave Lockridge a, Great tussle last week. They beat Riverdale tonight. Next week they gotta they go to Morrison. If they fall that game, they'll be two and four. They gotta win out. But Shark, if they can maybe win that game, or maybe they win the last three, they can get to the playoffs and uh, you know make a get into the playoffs, which is something that they haven't done for a while. Sherrard's only win last year was against Morrison. 
Can we? Can they? Can they pull that upset off again? I don't know. Morsa looks really good. Yeah. Let me tell you, Mitch. I got a text tonight from head coach from Monmouth Roseville, Jeremy Adolphson. Monmouth Roseville mm-hmm. falls to Morrison tonight. So obviously he had his he had his eyes on Morrison tonight. He's been studying the film. He texted me and said, "Tell Mitch to keep Black Friday open. They could win it all." So that's that is extremely high praise. I talked about it earlier. Yeah. It's one thing for us to get on here and talk about it, but here's a head coach who sees it. You know, he studied the film. He saw this team. He tried to game plan against them. And what I really thought was interesting was he knew they were going to be fast, but he said they were more physical than he anticipated. And then obviously their speed is unreal. So mm-hmm. really interesting yeah, to hear his to hear his takes on it, you know, as a as a head coach trying to coach against them. Yeah, this one was 21 nothing at half and they had they had ballooned that to 41 nothing and then uh, the Titans scored twice late in the fourth. So yeah, I you know, we talked about this on the preview that I thought this game could get interesting, but we were also maybe concerned about who Monmouth Roseville had played to this point. So um Again, I still think they're playing really well this year. I still think Monmouth Rosal is going to make it into the playoffs, but I think it's just a, a yet another testament to how well Morrison has has played. Um, this is the third straight game that they've allowed 14 points or less. You know, they've got Sherrard coming up before what I think now could be a game of the year candidate. Certainly might determine this division against rock Ridge because they're playing really well. That's a week seven game. So um, yeah, really, really just really impressed with, with how this team is, is playing with, with the first year head coach and with still some underclassmen on offense and defense. Um, and yet this week was another example of that. Well, let's, let's talk about the team you just mentioned rock Ridge. They come off the huge rivalry win over Sherrard last week. They're on, you know, on their home field, on homecoming with Orion coming in. And man, there's no letdown here. They jumped out on this one. I don't know, Mitch, you texted me early on. They took a huge lead and never really looked back. Yeah, I I don't remember what it was at that time. It might have been like 35 to 14 or something. Um, But yeah, all of their, all the names that we've called all season were scoring for them. Schwagen. Charlatanis, Fryermuth, Wheatley. Um, they they blocked a punt and returned it for a touchdown. That was Ryan Lower tonight. So yeah, Rock Ridge, ever since that that first that first game, that first loss against Newman, um, they've they've just really, really played well. So a team, if you remember at the beginning of the year, I thought they would go eight and one, maybe even nine and oh. Certainly got that next right away in week one. Um, but they're still going to finish, I think, at worst seven and two with again that week seven game against Morrison maybe being the the loss in there. So this this Rock Ridge team is playing really really well. Obviously, we've talked about Colin Schwagen a lot as a freshman. He's going to be around for a long time in this in this conference and in this division for this team. So, um, yeah, I like the way that they're playing. They Rock Ridge has got Monmouth Roseville next week, so. Again, all all eyes kind of point to to week seven at this moment, but Rock Ridge certainly headed towards the playoffs, no doubt. Yeah, we'll uh, welcome in Matt Randazzo to the pod, sports director WQAD. 
How are we I, doing? I, I felt like I needed to save you guys. We sent you our worst. I apologize. <laughs> has he been oh, behaving man. himself or has he been all right? Oh, my goodness. No, he's been great. Of course he's great. Look at him. We had to, we, we had to fact check him a couple of times, but. <laughs> how'd, they, how'd those come back? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. What do you got, Stock? You look at his finger point. Hey, shut the door. Just shut the door, bud. There you go. Did you um, shut it? I got it. Oh, oh everyone. She's a delight. <laughs> she seems like she's ready to be done for the day. Rock Ridge has scored 42 points or more in seven of their last eight home wins. And tonight they were up 27 nothing in the second quarter. Orion scores also and Rockridge gets a response. It was 41 to 14 uh, late in the second quarter. And I mean, Rockridge hitting on all on, on all cylinders again. And I mean, you know, you look at Rockridge, amazing how well they've been playing uh, and playing points. Yeah. I, I mean, when you look back, it is really interesting. I think to look at in week one, we talked about how, you know, Rockridge and Newman, there wasn't a bunch of explosive offense, you know, in that week one. And we thought like, okay, these defenses look really good. Right. But now it's, it's been proven that Newman is a fantastic defense. Rock Ridge is playing really well on both sides of the football. And it's just, I think when you look at that first week, I mean, Rock Ridge with a freshman quarterback ran into an extremely tough defense. And since then, as Schweigen gets better, as he gets more comfortable, you can really see this Rockets team taking off. I think if you guys, if you look at Rock Ridge, you know, they always say in sports, like, hey, if you play a lot as a freshman, by the end of the season, you're not really a freshman, you're a sophomore. You know, I think that's the the way what you're going to see with Rock Ridge, where, you know, they're going to go through some growing pains early and they did. But um, he's getting so many valuable reps right now and having success and with success breeds confidence and and so on and so forth. That by the time you get to a postseason, like Mitch said, if they're eight and one going to the postseason, he's suddenly I mean, he's got nine starts under him. So he's that's that's more than some senior quarterbacks have coming into the season sometimes, you know, or if you play your entire junior year, you know, you're going into your senior season with nine starts. So um, it's good to see what's their schedule the rest of the way. I'm curious. Rockridge hosts Monmouth-Roseville, and then in week seven, they play Morrison. Now, the Monmouth-Roseville game is on a Saturday next week. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, they get moved to a Saturday. Yep. So, and say say the last two again? Or the last? Then they play Morrison. Oh, so they do have Morrison. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's that game at? Morrison. Yeah, that would make sense because they're home to this week, and they're going to be home next week against Monroe's. So... Yeah, that'll be a fun game. So that'll be week seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. hmm, that'll be good because Morrison looked good once again tonight. So um, that'll be, you know, you're right, Mitch. If you have a seven and one or seven and two, eight and one team, you know, if you get to eight and one, you're going to get a home playoff game, and it'll be interesting to see what Rockridge can do because that defense is good and there's a lot of parts to it. So they can get fig- quarterback figured out, which I mean, looks like Cullen is figuring things out quickly. They can be a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. Well, speaking of playoff teams, Kiwani gets their fifth win. They're five and zero. They they win forty one to nothing over Hall. I think we. I don't know. I mean, I, I default to you guys. I I thought that Kiwani would bounce back this year, maybe get back closer to what they were a couple years ago. But I don't know if I saw five and zero coming. Like 
great start for the Boilermakers here. They they look really good. Yeah, I think with last year, Kiwani struggled, but they did have Brady Clark. So you figure, you know, Brady Clark's back, but you didn't know what if Kiwani could get off to this great start. And they did. And they are, and this is the second year, second time in the last three years, they've started off 5-0. and And, you know, Clark's uh, has been, was on that 20, uh, 2021 team. So, you know, and they have some veterans that were on that team. So it's going to be very interesting to see if Kiwani can continue their winning ways. You know, now they're getting into that. Next week they play Princeton. That is always the game. That, that rivalry game is one of the big rivalry games. And that's always where it seems Princeton gets Kiwani. Let's see if this year Kiwani does like they did in 2020. Them. I, will, I will point out that I think the hardest part of their schedule is still left. And Mitch, you talked about that last week on the podcast. But that doesn't take away that doesn't take away from what they've already done. You talk about three shutouts in their first five games. So they're they're not leaving any doubt to, you know, the type of talent they have on both sides of the ball. They're putting up points on offense. They're shutting teams down completely. It's a team to watch for sure. And with the experience that Brady Clark has, he was the one who kicked the game-winning field goal against Plano, you know, so in the playoffs. So it's he's been around a lot of really good football. So, and he's there, you know, he's their leader. He was off the cuffs. You know, he's a big deal, right? I'm interested to see next week's matchup because Princeton, when I saw them earlier in the year, they're, they're so big up front. And that's what stood out to me. I saw Kiwani against Sherrard. I think it was week one, probably. Yep. And, and they were, they were just big up front. And so I'm intrigued to see that, that matchup in the trenches between those two schools. And you mentioned, yeah, they haven't, but they didn't make their schedule. You know, they've done with exactly what they're oh, supposed absolutely. to do. And they've done it impressively more and more throughout the throughout the season. And you look at some of that, like Sherrard won again tonight. They almost beat Rock Ridge. And like you look at that Sherrard loss to Rock Ridge. I know they didn't get the job done. That's their most impressive game of the year. And so you look at that victory that Kiwani had against Sherrard week one. That's impressive. That's a good victory. Maybe it didn't look like at the time it was a tough start to the season, but by the time you get said and done and you look back, you know, they're doing what they're supposed to do. You can tell they're getting better as they go. We had Matt Taylor mic'd up tonight and he said, he goes, I'm an old guy who doesn't have a lot to say, but he had a great, great speech. And we heard on the score and stuff. And, you know, they're just, I think they're, they're okay with maybe being the underdog next week or maybe flying under the radar. I think they're okay with that. I think that's, you know, you can give all the attention to the Princetons of the world and, and Rock Ridges and other teams and the track and stuff, but um, they're okay with maybe just, where's that game at next week? It's got to be Princeton. in Princeton. Mm-hmm. Man, the jungle's going to be hopping another week, man. Can I can I go there? Yeah, you want to stay the whole time? I might, yeah. Want to just do one game? Oh, yeah. That's... The old f- Mitch, remember when he was a young go-getter, he'd get two, maybe three hey, games a night? I almost volunteered <laughs> I to do three games this week, so... What were you thinking? Were you thinking uh, Stark County too? Um, it could have been Stark County, or I could have done. Um, Galva was at home against West Central. Oh, eight, that's man. true. Yeah, yeah. But it would I have been. Tight. Was an, I think that was an early start. I think they started at six o'clock. Oh man, I definitely could have done it then. Anyway, yeah. anyway, anyway. All right, Mitch, what do you got? There's the there's the old so, guy that I know and love. <laughs> He's so back. The only, the only thing I was the only thing I was going to say, um, and I'm, I I don't want to speculate because I don't know the nature of this, but um, one of Princeton's big lineman Bennett Williams went out injured tonight. So don't know the severity of it. Um, Kevin Hieronymus 
they made a tweet about it. So I, I again, I don't know if there's anything to that or not, but that could play a role into next week as well. He's their yeah. D one commit to Air Force. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's that's something that could have an impact. I just, I, I love, I love the Princeton Kiwani rivalry. Now we talked about Rock Island and Moline. Princeton Kiwani, I think, goes back farther, but mm-hmm. they they had some time off in there. They also Princeton and Kiwani play for the best rivalry trophy in the area, Greg, maybe in the there? state. Weren't you there a few years ago the whole time when uh when Queen Kiwani won? Wasn't it probably two yes. years ago? Yes, it was two years ago when Kiwani won and it. Coach Swanson and, and, was loving life. Oh my gosh, it was it was great because Kiwani was a good team, but that was that was that win that kind of pushed them to the next level. And we really they really kind of jumped on our radar because obviously we knew how good Princeton was, and that one really set the tone for their season. That was great. I've been to that game two years in a row. I, I, I want to go again. Wake in the hat trick. <laughs> what else we got in the three rivers? We, we ran through it. Stockpile, Sherard, stockpile's thumbs oh, oh, yep. Sherard, Mitch, Mitch, go ahead and then stock. Okay. Let me. Okay. I tweeted this out and I saw this during the Morrison Monmouth Roseville game. And someone needs to explain this to me. Like I'm five. <laughs> when Monmouth Roseville punts, they are in field goal formation and they kick it like a field goal. I saw that. No, Mitch, I Wait, saw that what? when I went down there the week, first week of the year. How, I does, saw that, it. how does that work? You they know like what? kick I... it from the ground? Yes. Yes. Can you do that? I, I thought it was crazy. I only watched Apparently. it one time and they kicked it and they, they shanked it off to the left. I was like, what in the world just happened? You know what I'll do? Um, a good friend of mine, Jamie Smith, is an assistant coach for Monmouth Roseville. I'll text him and ask him why. I mean, we could get a hold of Jeremy I just, too. I just talked to Adolfson to Jeremy Adolfson tonight, like through text about Mon about Morrison. I need to ask him about this. Well, yeah, but so like, it literally, yeah. it sets up like a field goal. You can yes, do that can. because it's a scrimmage kick. So it's it's a scrimmage kick, just like a field goal is a scrimmage kick. A punt is a scrimmage kick as well. So you can do that. I mean, so I think what you're saying is like, if you like think back to the bears, didn't they always put like Devin Hester back underneath the goalpost on a long field goal? Yeah. You can return that kick if, if that's true. Yeah. So it's the same thing. So maybe their kicker just kicks it better from the ground than he does drop kicking it. Yeah. And some kickers in the old days, uh, when they would kick the extra point, they would drop kick it. And it would be plink plink, and then the ball would. Oh, what did it go? How did what it go? would it do? Plink, 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 okay. plink off the ground, plink off the foot. Tell me, fly their ball through the air. Um, the we talked about um, Matt awesome. Williams's possible energy. Kevin Shell. We're not done with talking about this. Yeah, we are. <laughs> no, I guess we're done. Sorry, Mitch. You good? I'm good. Okay, go ahead. I, I mean, I you still don't understand. I still don't understand that rule, but it's the craziest thing to see. I, I, I'm I, just glad. I'm just glad we had stocking explain the plink plink. It's a scrimmage kick, just like a field goal. Now it's he's now fun. he's literally explaining it to you like you're a five year old. But getting back to what I was going to say, um, Kevin Shelm of the uh, uh, report tonight that in the Bureau of the news, Alabama, the news trib out yes. of Peru. Bryce Helms uh, broke his leg and had to be carted off the field, um, which put a damper on Bureau Valley's 35-14 win over Mendota. Elijah Endress, three rushing touchdowns. 
Bureau Valley is three and two for the first time since 2017, but the Helms injury could derail uh, Bureau Valley's uh, playoff hopes. Bureau Valley plays at Newman next week. All right. Well, first, before we start talking about whether it derails their playoff hopes, like let's let's send positive thoughts to yes. to to Helms that you know he's been a great quarterback. Hey, and yeah, Mitch, hey. what do you got? Kevin Sholmes' tweet says it was Blake Helms. Oh, Blake Helms. Okay. That is not the quarterback. So there's two. Bryce Helms, Helms? Is, Bryce Helms is the quarterback. The tweet says it's Blake Helms. So I don't know. I'm just, once again, trying to make sure we have clarity here. Okay. On the instant reacts. Just the facts, Stock. Just so the their facts. Season, the fact. Their season may not be over, Stock. They may have not derailed anything. Well, the only problem is their schedule is uh, turns into a monster because next week they're at Newman, and then Win. and then in week seven <laughs> they host Princeton. Win, <laughs> probably running clock. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, sure. Quit being so negative, though, Stock. Oh, I'm see, Dazzo, you were Daz, you weren't even here for the Western Big Six talk. The, oh the... no, I'm I'm assuming they're going to fold the conference. <laughs> <laughs> is that what he came up with? All right. I got back from the game tonight and he was like, this is the worst year of Western Big Six football since Moses and all this other stuff. He was. Yep. Yep. Um, I Okay. I, I don't know if we pointed it out. We, we were really excited about the Riverdale homecoming and the soccer game. But did we point out no offender for Sherrard had three touchdowns. Holland Anderson. Talk about efficiency. Five for five. 152 yards and three touchdowns. So Sherrard getting a big, much needed win for a program that's been so close in every week, every game they play, they get the big win. Yep. And um, I love, first off, I love the crystal ball stuff yeah. this week on the pod. I, I think that was great. So can you guys, I'm assuming stock, Sherrard's at two and three, right, for the season? Can you go through the rest of their their schedule for me? I want to see if I can get them to five wins. I would love to see Sherrard in the postseason. At Morrison, so Sherrard's gets yeah. Go ahead, Stuck. At Morrison, home to Orion. Um, let's see here now. Um, at Erie Prophetstown, and then they end the year with Monmouth Roseville. So there is okay. A What's that it's possible? It's there possible. Yes. I mean, I'm not gonna I feel like Mitch can get away with going through and going like win loss, win loss, win loss. I don't I don't feel comfortable yet doing that. He's from he's in Ohio, he's safe. Like he's not gonna get coaches yeah. showing up at his door. So but um I do I, think I that think... they could get three of those four, right? Yeah, I think they could uh run the table after, be tough. Next week, after next week's game because it'd be fun to see them going into it'd be fun to see them going to the last week of the year at four and four. And and with a chance to make the playoffs, I think that'd be cool. Now, of course, people that are on their schedule that are listening to this are saying, "I hope they're not because they don't want to see me do that." But I really like what Coach Johnson's doing. Um, I think, boy, they were close to Rock Ridge, and look what Rock Ridge is doing right now. I mean, they're playing some of the best football in that conference, so it'd be great. And Carter Brown tonight on the score had like a run where he trucked some kid. Yeah. Oh my lord! Um, that was. And he's only a sophomore. He's going to be fun. He's I've, I've been told he's the best athlete in that program. So they'll lose Holland Anderson next year. 
So I don't know who their quarterback will be, but it may be Carter Brown just because he's probably their best athlete. So anyways, um, can we talk about Carter Brown, Schweigen, Kale Filler, like so much like talent, like established talent that's going to be playing each other in the next two to three years. It's it's awesome. So the only the only thing I would say on Sherrard to Dazzle's point is that I, I don't think they beat Morrison, but with the three teams that they have left, Orion, Erie Provincetown, and Monmouth Roseville, all three of those teams have struggled against teams with really good defenses, which Sherrard has. So I do think there is a path for them to get to five and four. Um, yeah, I think they could do it. I do. Yeah. Because I think their defense keeps them in games. And I, I think you guys mentioned on the pod from during the week that, uh, yeah, that Orion and Shard's already a big game. You know, it's like one of those games that they could both be 0-8 and it would still be a really good football game. It means a lot to that area, seven miles apart, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's going to be fun to watch. Is that week? That's week eight, I think. Who are you talking uh, about? Yep, Orion and Shard, yep. week seven. That's going to be a big game. You know, both teams are going to need. So that's, I mean, you guys talked about maybe having a few teams knock each other out because they got to play each other, but those are going to be important games. You know, the I, winner of that game, it's going to put themselves into a position that the last two weeks of the season are going to be very important. So that makes an Orient Sherrard game that's already a big deal, um, very meaningful. And that's sometimes kind of the the fun of all this because we we focus a lot on those, you know, this year Morrison and Princeton and, you know, around the Gen- Geneseo, the, the undefeated teams. The best parts of week seven, eight, nine is cliche, but the playoffs do start for some teams week seven, eight, nine. And that's the way it would be for maybe a Sherrard or an Orient team as they get ready to play each other week seven. So those are the fun things about week seven, eight, nine. Yeah. I think that Orion, that Orion Sherrard matchup is huge. It, it absolutely is huge now. So they got a week before they get there, but um, I think that'll be a big one. So. One final uh, run at Newman Erie Prophets Town. That game was scoreless. And I watched part of that game on NFHS Network. And it looked like it a uh, monsoon had hit Erie. So I'm not sure if it rained in Erie or not, but the camera looked like it it looked really, really like there was it was a downpour. It was scoreless at halftime. And for the second straight week, great effort from Erie Prophets Town. Tremendous first half. Last week, they were up 13 up at Morrison and just ran out of gas. This week, took Newman to, to halftime scoreless. Another great effort from Erie Prophetstown. Um, just got to hope that Erie Prophetstown can, you know, have all that effort uh, prove out to be a win. You know, win. And uh, next week, they're at Orion. So another tough opponent for Erie Prophetstown. And if they stay close to them for another in the first half for a third straight week with a top flight opponent, that really proves uh, that Area Profits Town is a young program that eventually can get there and win, start winning games. They just haven't learned yet to win yet. I mean, good program. It just uh, ran a guess tonight. Gave Newman, a, gave Newman a scare. It was scoreless at half. Yep, yep. I think Newman's just one of those teams that's going to get those grind them out wins, right? I think they're just – they're not – offensively going to blow you they're, away. They're Iowa. They're the Iowa Hawkeyes of, <laughs> oh, of high school go. football last that's, year. That's actually a pretty good cut last year. Or and this year. Year. Oh, I mean, year, last year. Yeah. Cause they're often, I don't want to say last year because yeah. Yeah. Tradi- All years. Tra- traditionally. Um, is this the kind do, do we have a team in the track right now that makes it to a state championship game? 
Uh, we mentioned it before you got on the pod. Jeremy Adolphson texted me tonight after the game and told Mitch to keep Black Friday open. He thinks Morrison could go that far. Oh, yeah. Would you Which, come back this from is Ohio? Coming... Would you be back from Ohio for Thanksgiving? Why I wouldn't you. I mean, I I told Kyle Kampmeyer that regardless, if if there's if there's an NUIC team that I could probably make it back to Bloomington that weekend. Um, oh, what a what a weekend that'll would, be in Bloomington. If hear that, coaches, Mitch will be in Bloomington on Black Friday. <laughs> we'd like to see him in person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, boy, I would love to see a Morrison Lee win game. Not in the state championship, just like in in general in a playoff game. Um, I think that's what's just so hard with Morrison because the one A North is just anyone's yep. game. It's There's a grinder. So teams in the one A. If they were in two A, yeah, because I think Rock Ridge can make a run in two A. Because that's I don't, what, and, you know, and go ahead. I'm sorry, Mitch. I'm just saying, Moroa Forth, uh, Forsyth runs two A. St. Teresa is the defending champ and they're 0-4 this year. So I think 2A has more openings than 1A does. So that's my only concern with with trying to get too, too far on the Morrison going to a state championship train just because, not because of them, just because the 1A North is so good. And Princeton's in 3A. Right. But but I mean, I mean, Princeton's won losses to a very good Morrison team and they've beat, I mean, I know that I'm sure Stockpile probably put nails in Sterling's coffin earlier um, before I could jump on, but like, that's still, that's Sterling. Like, yes, still, that's, 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 that's John Schlemmer. That's the golden warriors. I just said five, a school, like, and they didn't like, it was a 20, was it 28, six. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's really impressive. And they've been impressive. I mean, their only losses to a Morrison team at the time were like, wow, that's a surprise. And now we look back and like, it's a really good football team. So I don't know what three, a looks like you guys know more about that stuff overall than I do, but like, you know, yeah. And then you're going to get into the big Northern. Yeah. Yep. And one, a does worry me because there are so many teams from, from your guys's favorite conference up North. So we'll get there. um, Yeah. We'll get there. It's almost like, it's almost like the IHSA could do a straight one through 32 bracket and divide up the best teams in the state. So they don't all play in the first four, three weeks of the playoffs, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So I digress. Um, All right, let's jump in to the Lincoln land conference. I was making my way through the Lincoln land tonight in the big side, the small side. I saw the Lincoln land conference firsthand tonight. Mitch go through the scores. Then we'll get into the games. All right. Uh, The one you were at Knoxville, 44 to nothing over Merco. Uh, Line West beat LVC 46 to 14. Uh, Farmington and Elmwood Brimfield was a really good game. Um, Farmington had to come back, but they win 30 to 26. Stark County 20 to 8 over West Hancock. Uh, Breeze Matter Day beat Macomb 38 to 18. Anawan Weathersfield blew past A Town 42 to nothing. Rova Williamsfield remains un- unbeaten 35 to 18 over South Fulton. Rushville Industry beat Havana 26 to 20 and Princeville won 36 to 20 over United. Before we jump into all the results from tonight, I do want to point out that I, like I said, I was in the Lincoln land tonight and I saw um, all the teams that I was covering tonight, all wearing the LC uh, stickers. 
um, honoring and remembering Landon Comer, who was a football player from Macomb who passed away in a tragic, I believe it was a car accident um, last week. So really cool sign of support for the Macomb community, which is going through, obviously going through a lot right now. Um, they fell short to Breeze Modern Day tonight, but they're still putting together a really good season. And uh, it was just, it was just cool to see. I, I saw on Twitter that they were going to have the helmets on or going to have the stickers available. And it seems like most of the teams are picked up on that and wearing the stickers. So Stock, also, you look like also for Macomb, they had a game last week that was suspended due to weather right. and it was concluded on Monday night. So they, they played on Monday night. Then they, I think that game was on the road also. And then they turn around and play another road game on Friday. So a very difficult week for uh, Macomb, you know, and, uh, you know, the heart, our hearts go out to, to all those that were injured. There were, I think there were three uh, kids injured in a car, in that car wreck that uh, claimed the life of the uh, young football player. Yep. So let's transition back to what, you know, on the field action tonight. Um, let's get, to, let's get to your highlights that you shot on this game, Greg. <laughs> we would start in Knoxville. No, no, Nolan, Nolan McCray, right in, right in your kitchen. Oh man. He, yeah, he hooked me up. So second half, I got there at halftime and they were up 16, nothing. And I had been listening to WRMJ on my drive there from Rova and Mercer County had come up with a big stop before the half to keep it at 16, nothing. And on the broadcast for WRMJ, John Hoshite had mentioned like that seemed really critical at the point at that point to keep that game close. But Knoxville receives the opening kickoff in the second half to Mercer County's credit. They pinned them deep. They had them on a third down from their own 10 yard line. And they call a timeout. And man, you just talk about like, What's the most critical juncture of the game? There it is. They call a timeout on a third down from their own 10-yard line, draw up a play, call the play. Nolan McCray makes it happen. He busts off a 90-yard touchdown run, and that was it. And that was – it was – you could tell that that was deflating from the Mercer County side. They kept battling. They kept trying to make things work. But all the momentum was with Knoxville – I was really impressed tonight. This is my first time getting eyes on Knoxville this season. They look really good. And Dazzo, is it true? Coaches were asking me on the sideline, is this the first time we've been to Knoxville this year, a WQAD? Were they really asking us that? He asked me if he, he said he didn't think that he didn't think we'd been there yet. So I said, we I hadn't said, been well, there yet, but I think we've had highlights of them from our good friend, um yep Jim Madsen well I made sure to I made sure to point out that hey view from the west is covering this game we got you we would we would never miss it so yeah no we've been we've gotten their highlights before but I think this is their first the first time we went down to Knoxville in person but we've had highlights from them but we we appreciate that we'll be back yep yep so um it was great great to be there um that's a great place to watch a game, by the way. They've renovated that stadium. I, it's probably been, I don't know, 10 years or ish, about 10 years, but it's really nice. That's a great small school uh, venue to watch a game. And man, they look, they look great. They, I mean, 
There, I, I said it on the podcast last week. Dazzle, you'll appreciate that Knoxville is kind of one of those teams that we do what we do. And I mean, they're not going to, they're, they're never, you know, they're, they're the Newman. They're the Geneseo. They're not going to throw the ball. They're going to run it at you and you have to stop them. And man, for the last, what's it been now? 10 plus years, teams cannot figure out how to stop them. They're a perennial playoff team and they're making runs. Like this team looks great and they look position to win that side of the division farmington will have something to say about it but they look really good right now that's a that's a week nine matchup between it, oh that's amazing that's awesome I, and i i i think knoxville will be undefeated going into that game for sure where's that game at knoxville that's at farmington oh we'll have highlights from our good friend jim madsen on the score um no isn't it knoxville was it last year the year before that they had a fantastic season then they got the worst draw ever in the postseason and had to play like a public was that the year that they played private was school that, uh, there was what, yeah there's one year that they played um saint uh Oh yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. I think that they was lost in like the second round ago. or the first round. I think it was the first round. They had now an you're awesome get, season. They, had, they were like eight and one. Me look it up. They were like eight and one, nine yes. and zero, oh, and they like they got the worst. And the you knew it was one of those teams. Oh, they played. Uh, they played uh, McNamara. Bishop yep, McNamara. they played Bishop yes. Mac, who was five and four. Yep, yep. they got and a they bad lost. draw. Yep. yep. So hopefully that doesn't happen again because, um, yeah, they're really good. And you're right. It's a it's a cool environment down there. I think I went down there a couple years ago when A Town and Knoxville played on a Saturday night. Yes, both undefeated or something like that. That was a fantastic game. It yes. was awesome. It was awesome. So yes, and that wasn't even like a you know usually I'm working on a Saturday during the postseason and stuff. That was just yeah. a, a week seven must see game. I'm like you know what I'm gonna come in and shoot that game, and it was worth the price of admission. Eight. I was week eight that year. Week I rem- eight. Week eight. Week eight. I remember I watching seven, that. I, I remember watching that game on NFHS, and I was texting you while you were there. Yes, man. That, yeah, that was a fantastic game. You probably had like that game on. You probably had the Northwestern game on. You probably had a bunch. <laughs> probably had it rocking and rolling. Although I hate, I hate to bring it up, but did uh, didn't A Town win the game though? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. They won by a point and there was a, there was unsportsmanlike conduct calls and the coach okay, was well, ejected in that game. We're not, we're not, we're not dwelling in the negative stock. I wasn't, it was just saying that. <laughs> uh, so I, so I was going to, I was going to point out that, see, we love, we love Knoxville here. We do. Absolutely. That's why I was there tonight. But then, you know, it was a great game, but we pointed out a game they lost. And then Austin, we pointed out. Yeah, now we're in trouble for that. Let's let's talk about the positive. Last year, they went to the quarterfinals. And this year, they look every bit the part mm-hmm. to make another run. So. Knoxville is 18-2 and two in the last 20 games played in the month of September. Stock, they you are, are a they, delight. You are a gem. They are, they are a September. You do not want to face them in September. I wouldn't want to face them at any time because they're that good. Um, also, let's talk about Robo Williams Field. Yes. Bolton and I, 35-18. Robo Williams Field is undefeated. And they qualified for the playoffs tonight like Knoxville did. Robo Williams Field, they are a very good uh, football team. Riley Danner had another big night. Bill Adams big. Field in Oneida is one of my favorite venues of all time. I, I will say, as default, I say it every year, 
I, I do miss the, the pine trees that used to line the, the back of the field. I do miss that. That was, that was beautiful. Although they do have solar panels out there now. So they're, they're doing well for the environment. Great. Um, it, it's so it's great. I'm glad they do that. The look is a little different either way. It's a great small school atmosphere. I've been there every year for the past, whatever it's been four or five years, um, at least once a year. I get there, what, about a half hour before the game starts. And usually there's still a few spots left in the school parking lot, right in front of the school, right by the field. I will say you can tell that there's a buzz and an excitement when I got there at the same time this year and I had to park across the street over by the baseball field. Like you can tell people are showing up, the community is excited and good for them. Like, what Coach Goldstrand and what this program is building right now is great. They're five and zero, and they've earned it. They look really good. Now, Greg, you were you were talking up trying to get to Princeton next week. Can I interest you in going to Oneida for the uh, the Battle of the Unbeaten's next week? Stark oh, you're County. right. Stark County versus Royal Williamsfield. Oh man, you're right. Oh, that's the one I want to go to as well. Oh, this is tough. I got a lot. We're, to think about. Well, hold on. It's in Key. No, it's in Princeton. Nah, it's in right. Princeton. Yeah. I'm sort of thinking like Kiwani to start counties a swing, but it's not because it's not in Kiwani. It's is in it? In, is it? Yeah, it's in. It's Princeton. in Rova. It's at Oneida, right? Yeah, yeah. Oneida to Princeton is not a swing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I've asked people to do some stupid stuff, but no. <laughs> Well, you, hey, Greg, text on this is Mitch. I don't know if you know this on Mondays. I just get a flurry of text messages from Greg usually that says, what about this swing? What about this swing? What about this swing? Yeah, and I just have to right. like, I have to look at my phone and be like, well, okay, well, I'm done for the week. I figured out what swings there are. <laughs> I just this like, week, <laughs> this week, I overloaded you. Like I texted one idea and then just ideas kept going. And, I and then you're like, well, how do you get, options. you're like, how do you get Monmouth Roseville in this? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Ooh, no, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, so I it it was exciting. It's it's Rova Williams Field looks great. They 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 got the job done tonight. Mitch, we talked about Princeville and United being a mm-hmm. must win game, and Princeville gets the win 36-20. I you said it on the pod last week that the winner of this one is potentially going to the playoffs. The loser may be on the outside, you know, looking in. Yeah, so just kind of looking at Princeville now, they've still got to play in one Weathersfield. They've still got to play Stark County, but I think they can pick up wins against South Fulton and maybe Rushville industry if they play the way that they did tonight against United. So yeah, they, as, as you said, as I said, that this was a must win game for them to keep going. I think for United, it probably ends. Well, they've got a town, so they'll, They'll get back to three and three. They got Havana. That's their fourth win. So they, they could pick up a win against South Fulton. Even so, I wouldn't even say United's out of it yet. United they, played part. I saw part of the United game on NFHS Network against Princeville tonight. And United looked pretty good. Um, it's just that in that fourth quarter, they ran out of gas and Princeville was able to run up two touchdowns and pull away. So United United's uh, showing some uh, – Growing very good is getting better, and I mean I think you look at some of the game some of the games next week in the Lincoln Land it's going to be there's some real wars I mean you know Farmington Macomb 
Um, Merco going to Elmwood against Brimfield. Stark County, uh, Rova Williamsfield. I mean, you've got some real wars coming up. Yeah. Um, so, Mitch, we talked about, or we talked about Rova Williamsfield. They're kind of on a collision course right now with Stark County. Stark County gets the win 20 to 8 over West Hancock. How about the defense for Stark County? Rebels force five turnovers, including four interceptions. Two of them were pick sixes. How about the defensive effort from the Rebels here? Yeah, there's there's talk to put them into consideration for the best defense uh in in 1a and i think i think kyle's gonna maybe put some numbers together to see some truth behind that but yeah i mean it seems like they do something like that every single week i I know that matthew bowser had another one tonight so um i don't know that statistically at least from a points perspective that holds up to some other defenses but again again it just it completely turns the tide of these games that they're playing and, and as is a big reason why they're undefeated yeah, I mean, okay, there's not, like, the shutout wins on their schedule right now when you look at, like, overall team defense. But what I will say is they had the win over Anwan Weathersfield where they really controlled what Zeb Rashid was going to do on the ground. That's a huge effort. Zeb Rashid, we've seen week in and week out putting up a ton of yards and touchdowns. So that's a credit to Stark County's defense. And in this one, we've talked about Gavin Grodhaus from – Wes Hancock, who's been putting up points through the air, and they limited what he was doing, obviously, with the interceptions. So uh, maybe, like, the overall end-of-the-game point totals don't stand out to you, but I do think those two performances in general, right, lend a little credibility. Sure, yeah, no no question. Um, To kind of, like, just seeing... Looks like Anwan Weathersfield probably has allowed a, a lesser amount of points. So again, I, I'd love to see the stats because that is interesting to know. I, I think we cover a lot of good teams um, that have really good defenses, and um, yeah, uh, yeah. I hope Kyle does put that together because I'd like to see it. <laughs> He's so, like yeah. Star County reminds me a lot of Newman because they don't score a lot of points, but then they don't give up hardly any. And that, that's a really stingy defense that Star County has. And I think next week's game against Robo Williamsfield, because Robo Williamsfield has a very explosive offense, that's going to be an excellent football game. Yep, yep. In, uh, in texting back and forth with Star County's head coach, Jade Nord, of course, like, like any good head coach, he was, more, he was more focused on the fact that their offense didn't put up as much as he was hoping they would. But I told him, like, hey, your defense wins the game for you, and you got that fifth win, the all-important fifth win. So Stark County is headed back to the playoffs for the second straight year. So um, good win for them. And, yeah, absolutely, it sets up a great matchup in another week. So really, when you start looking at the divisions, it's Farmington and Knoxville sitting at 5-0 and on the large school side of things. And then on the other side, it's Stark County at 5-0, and Rover Williams Field at 5-0, and with Anawan Weathersfield right behind them at four and one. So that, you know, we'll learn, we'll learn a lot about this small school side and then maybe Knoxville and Farmington are on that collision course for week, for week nine. Doesn't it just sound right 
for playoff football to be played at Gary Johnson Field in Wyoming and Bill Adams Field in Oneida. Playoff I, I mean, that just – that just – football – that's playoff football dripping from the from the history books. I I love – Stark County used to always do a week one Friday night playoff game. And if for a few years, they'd do a Friday night playoff game in rounds two or three. And I, I just love it. I love – I love going to Gary Johnson Field on a Friday night to cover playoff football. Mitch, did you, when you were an intern at, at uh, KWQC, the other station, did you uh, did you go to Gaines in Star County? Oh, Mitch, you're muted. You're on mute. Oh, <laughs> come on. Uh, honestly, I do not remember. Um, I don't recall ever going there. I don't know. I don't remember you being with me going there, but uh, I love it. It's great. So, all right. Um, we're about to get into the Northwest upset of line. I Dazzo. I know you got, uh, you know, you got commitments in the morning and we're pushing, you know, not quite 1 a.m., but we're getting there. You Are you yeah, bowing out here? Us, yeah, you know that kid star. You know, um, <laughs> I just, we, we had a little one just during the podcast. Yeah, that's a whole nother situation I'm dealing with at the moment. But you're killing <laughs> it because you literally, I looked up in the morning. I looked up and Mitch is like speaking about high school football knowledge left and right. And he's got a little one sitting on his lap. Is there any chance we can get that pacifier sent and put into Stockpile's mouth? <laughs> is that well, yours first? Boom. Roasted. <laughs> on that note, um, boys, I'll be listening to the podcast, of course, this week. And uh, um, happy. Uh, enjoy Stockpile while you still have them. Um, for the rest of the evening, and, and we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, we'll see you. All right. Let's jump into the Northwest Upstate Illini. Stock, I'll let you go through the scores. Go for All it. Right. In the Northwest Upstate Illini, Fulton defeats Dakota 38-8. to It was Forston going to un- – to 38-8, I believe, is the final. I saw 38-8 and 38-6. Was bound where I think it was 38 8. Okay, well, um, but I could be wrong, but I but that's I'm not that's unusual tonight. But he doesn't uh, like to be wrong, so let's Stockton, Stockton defeats EPC 35 to 8. It was forced in 46 nothing over West Carroll. Forston is undefeated, they're 5 and 0. Dupac all over Galena 62 to 14. And tomorrow, Lee Wynn takes on Decatur St. Teresa. Well. Uh, Mitch, I said it on the podcast last week that, you know, the way all these games looked like, was there a chance that we'd see an upset to really shake things up? And you immediately said, no, we won't. And you were right. We did not. So talk through it, Mitch. What did you, what did you see this week? Did you catch any Northwest upset Illini? Maybe not. Not, not too much. Just as they came in, um, I continue to be impressed with Fulton and Don Kramer and his kind of he, – he, he plays better every every week. Um, junior quarterback for the Steamers. Um, really really got good connections uh, with, with Balen Damhoff and uh, A.J. Boardman, and they just continue to do that kind of same thing tonight as Fulton again started 0-2, and I, I still think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, you know, Forreston did what they did, but I, I texted Kyle this. I, I said – is Dupec for real? Because this is another performance where they, they score a ton of points and they don't let a lot up. 
And I think at the moment, barring what happens to Lee Win tomorrow and how many points they score, Dupec will have both the most points scored and the least points allowed, I think. And then that matchup is next week. So that's awesome. I think I don't think Lee Wynn has has really played the hardest part of their schedule. I think we talked about that. And I I guess I don't recall the time I have Dupec has either. But that game could very well determine the conference. Um, certainly Forreston's undefeated. But just Dupec has impressed me every single week. Um, but uh, just looking at their schedule, right? They've played a 1-3-2, and 1-in... and Well, let's see. They've played two 0-5 teams. They've played one 2-3 and three team. They've played one 1-4 one team. And now they beat Galena, who's now a two and three team. So, so have they been tested yet? Not really. But are they doing what they're supposed to do against opponents with records like that? Yeah, they absolutely are. So I, th- I think we'll definitely find out more about Dupec um, next week when they they host Lena Winslow. Yep. So you look down at... I would say that, yes, their their toughest part of their schedule is coming up because they have Lena Winslow this coming week in week six. They still they go on the road to Fulton. They have Forreston, and their week nine is a non-conference against Belleville Altoff, who is currently ranked number six in class 1A. Belleville yep. Altoff is dropping down to class 1A. That, that to me, stands out. Like, that's, that's a... That's a good program being down in 1A. So either way, for Dupec, though, it's still it's a good program. They'll be hosting him, which is nice. He'll be at home in week nine. But yeah, I'd say yep. they got a they got a gauntlet here coming up. So they've looked really good, though. I mean, 42 in the last three weeks, 42 nothing, 47 nothing, 55 nothing. So they're gonna have to prove it against some really good teams, and it starts with maybe the best team on their schedule in, in Lena Winslow. Well, also, yeah. I think... Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Zach. Well, I was just going to say, Fulton is getting... Fulton's getting back to their to usual Fulton. Balin Damoff tonight had a kickoff return for a touchdown, a TD reception. I also believe he had a TD run uh, for Fulton tonight. And, you know, Dom Kramer, I think, had converted three... Uh, two-point conversions so Fulton is getting back to being Fulton so no one can take Fulton lightly you know they uh they won last tonight they play Galena next next week uh and then in week seven um they are they host yeah so I mean Fulton don't sleep on Fulton they have a non-conference game against Knoxville yeah. in week eight yeah. at Knoxville which that is a fantastic non-conference matchup. I, I, I love that that one is kudos on the schedule. To both, kudos to both schools yep. for scheduling that because it's not easy to get non-conference schedules. And for both teams to say, yes, we want that challenge two weeks before the playoffs begin. Kudos to both schools for stepping up and taking that challenge and their coaches for uh, scheduling that game. Yep. Looking at the top end of the conference here, Forreston's 5-0, Dupex 5-0, Lee Wynn, I anticipate, is going to be 5-0 tomorrow. 
So, man, something's got to give. There is several great football games waiting to happen in the NUIC, and it seems to be this way every year that you get into weeks six through nine, and there is some great matchups here. I'm excited to see how this all plays out. Yeah, you. I mean, you still got Lee Wynn and Dupec. You still got Forreston and Dupec. Um, yep. You've still got Forreston and Lee Wynn. Yeah. Forreston and Gibson Mel- Melvin Sibley. Like, yeah, the these again. We talked about maybe the top teams not playing their best competition yet. Well, that the time for that is over because now these teams are are knocking on the door. So, um, as as much as Lee Wynn. Uh, has been and still is the the king here. Um, it won't be easy because there's a lot of good teams here and they all haven't played yet. So really, really can't uh, can't even predict what what's going to happen here. Again, I, I I have no reason to doubt Lena Winslow just because they are who they are. But it's just a testament to the how good this conference is. Yeah, I mean th- this conference is a gauntlet. We talk about it every year, and it. It plays out again that way this year. Um, it always the question always becomes, and maybe this is for a, another another discussion another time. It always becomes interesting, like how does Dupec fare in Class Three A? You know, all the games yeah. they have left are against ranked teams, but all ranked teams in Class One A. So is Dupec gonna be a Three A team? They were close to being Two A last year. You know, like we talked about way earlier in this podcast, maybe 2A is a good place to fall because, you know, there may be some opportunities there. But it's always interesting because they do peck is kind of on the bigger end. They are. They're on the bigger side of the Northwest Upstate Illini. How do they fare going into Class 3A? They have they gave everything that Reed Custer could handle last year, a, a really good yeah. Reed Custer team in the playoffs. And this team this year seems like they have the weapons to compete. I just, I want to get there and see what we see. Yep. So, all right, Mitch, you got the eight man scores for us and then we'll wrap this thing up. Yep. Sure can. Uh, Amboy Lamoille, Ohio, Greg. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Uh, 40. This was a great game. 48 to 42 over Ridgewood. Uh, talk about that in a minute. Um, stock you, you tweeted this early that West Central was up forty nothing over Galva at half. I never saw another update from that game. Um, fifty six six West Central one. What was it again? Fifty six to six West Central okay. one. A good win for West Central. Uh, Polo gets the win forty two to six over River Ridge. Uh, Rockford Christian Life won in a close one over AFC twenty eight twenty two. Uh, it was a big game for Orangeville. They get the win 53 to 36 over Alden Hebron. Mildrill puts up 74 over Hiawatha, 74 to 34. Uh, final two, South Fork 30, West Prairie 0, and Martinsville 1 over Pawnee, 52 to 14. Man, you talk about this this Ridgewood program. I, I think they're really good, but two weeks in a row, they've played some great competition. They fall short to Polo, 48-44. Tonight, they fall short, 48-42. Now, that being said, credit to Polo, credit to Amboy, teams that we know are really good at eight-man football. But this Ridgewood program is knocking on the door, and they just can't 
quite break through. Mm-hmm. And they had another yeah, big lead tonight. What's that? They had a they had a nice lead. Yeah. Over, uh, Amboy, and then uh, like last week they had a nice lead on uh, Polo. So it's not that it's not that they're it's not that they're a team knocking on the door. They're a good team. It's just they got to finish those games. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I think it's just, and we've talked about this before, um, the, the quality of competition in eight-man. And when we get to the 16-team playoff, even teams that might have lost to Amboy, might have lost to Milledgeville, lost to whomever, they're they're not out of it, no matter what seed they get. So if this is a preview of a, of a potential playoff game coming up, I would love to see a rematch of it. Because, like you said, Ridgewood has been playing so well. I think, I think they'll continue to do that even in the playoffs, no matter who they play against. So, um, they're they're going to go to the playoffs here in eight man, and wherever their seed is is going to end up, they're still going to be a, a potential threat. I think it's it's similar to what we talk about in Class One A that, you know the 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 competition coming out of the north in our area is so strong. I think you see it in One A, you definitely see it in eight man as well. I, you know, I just think that, yeah, like you said, win or lose in some of these close games, these are some of the, you're playing some of the best teams in the state. Come playoff time, hey, all you got to do is, you know, knock one of them off and you could make that run. You know, you could be one win away from making that run. So how about, hey, Orangeville, we talked about, this was kind of one of those critical games in their schedule. They get the big win, 53-36 over Alden Hebron. Mitch, we talked about it on the pod last week. I thought that Orangeville needed this win to kind of keep their season on track and they, and they get it. They get the job done. Yeah. um, I'm looking for their, what are they? Three and two now? Yeah. Two and three. Sorry. Um, So yeah, you, you nailed it um, that they kind of needed to get a win here. They won in week one and then got, it was a close game against River Ridge in week three, but kind of got beat up against Polo and Milledgeville. So um, looks like they're going to, they play Galva next week. That should be another win. And that'll put them at three and three. They've still got quest on the, on the schedule. So that gets them to four Rockford Christian life who won this week, only one and three though. So I, I think orange is going to get back on the right track. They do play Amboy in week eight, but um, yeah, to, to get into the playoffs, got to pick up a couple wins and I think they're going to get them here in the next couple weeks. So I'm seeing that Rockford Christian Life won tonight over Ashton yep. Franklin Center 28-22. Yep. So yeah. So for that for that Orangeville team, that that game against Christian Life in a couple weeks kind of becomes the big one. Obviously, they gotta get they gotta take care of business against Galva, but that, that game against Christian Life looks it's, like one of the key key wins for them. They'll need it. it it'll be It'll be big for Christian Life too because um, so they get the win. They're two and three. They'll get a win next week against Quest. So that'll get them at three and three. And then again, yeah, Orangeville in week seven could be big because then Rockford plays an, an un, uh, winless team in week eight. So they could be sitting at four wins, um, either at after Orangeville or, the, or Orangeville might be their fourth win. So yeah, I think you're right that that week seven game between Rockford Christian life and, and Orangeville could determine a, a playoff spot. Yep. Yep. 
couple more matchups from around the state that are of interest. South Fork. I just want to say with the with Milledgeville and their win over Hiawatha, they put 52 on the board in the first half. Yep. And the missiles are 19 and four since moving to eight player. And mm. tonight, West Central was seven for seven in point two in two point conversions in their win over Galva. And it was 40 to nothing and a half. Um, Galva, though, and this is a uh, score uni watch, because I know you like this. Galva has white helmets, and on the back, at the base of the helmet, is a blue G. So the whole helmet's white. Yes. Now, this was the way it looked on NFHS Network, so I might have not seen it, all of it. So there might be little things, stencils yeah. on the side. But from the way it looked, it looked like the helmet was white and the uh, G, there was a blue G at the base, back base of the helmet. I, so that might be a score you watch. That's that that's a good one. I, I like that, Stock. Um, we Stock, we got to get I this. We talked about this for you. Just we for talked about this a lot, though, Stock. It's now Uniview. Uniview. I'm sorry. I saved that just for you on the podcast tonight. The hashtag Uniview. We love it. That's good info because we've talked about Kiwani in years past had the the, the all black helmet with the orange K on the base on the back of the base of the helmet. That's a good look. So I'm I'm interested to see that. Good good info there, Stock. There you go. See, I I, I, I saved it just for you and uh, the and the and the uh, podcast. I love it. There's some fresh information. I love it. So, Mitch, are we gonna are we gonna talk some like mid season awards next week on the on the regular show? Well, this got us in trouble last year, Greg. Hey, uh, well, this is this is hey. this is where my downfall with the Rovo Williamsfield fans went. This That's is where I started going south with them. <laughs> hey, so. they like me um, a lot. By the they love me. Great, great. We got to balance this out somehow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we can. Um, yep. And if, if anything, too, it, it's just kind of a recap of how we've gotten to where we are. Maybe try and yep. jog the memory of things because even games five weeks ago, we might have forgotten some some nuggets about so and some great performances. So, yeah, I think this instant reacts went went a little long. So I think we can maybe focus on on doing some more kind of fun things like that on uh, on Tuesday, uh, Monday night. I love it. Before we before we wrap up, speaking of Rova Williams Field, can we talk pork chops for a minute? Please. Yes. So I they've done it for years. Rova Williams Field, when you go to the, you know, the field and when you go to Rova High School in Oneida, they they have a regular concession stand, but then you get your pork chop from like a little separate little shed over to the side, which is like the FFA like shed. You go over there to get your pork chop. Now, the pork chop was delicious delightful so good they've they've moved on to the savory 16 in the ihsa you know pork chop challenge or whatever they call it but um i will say that if we're talking like you know the whole everything that goes into the presentation of the pork chop you gotta love that the ffa shed is where you get your pork chop we're not talking no regular concession stand you got to go to this separate location to get your pork chop. And it's right there. It's right in the corner of the end zone. It's perfect. It was great. Yes. And also, we got to get that. 
We got to get that sponsorship. Yeah. We got to figure that out. <laughs> That's right. And also, it helps when my buddy Rory from uh, Rova Williamsfield hooks me up. Every time he sees me, he has a pork chop waiting for me. So I, you know, I love that, that too. Because honestly, like I was going to buy one on my way out, but as I'm leaving, he stopped. He had one waiting for me. And I said, absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yep. yep. So, Stock, what else you got? Uh, just that I think uh, when you look at all the uh, big games tonight, I think this sets the table up for next week. And next week, I mean, you look at the schedule. You know, we've gone over a couple of times, but you start looking at some of those matchups and you're, you know, you're almost licking your chops for how, how good these matchups are. It's licking. almost like, you know, or, it's not like you have pork chop sandwich at Robert Williamsfield. You're licking your pork chops. That's right. Yeah. Right. You might be going and getting another one next week if you go cover the Stark County game. Oh, I'm getting a pork chop somewhere next week for sure. For sure. What do we figure out? Yeah. Is Robert Williamsfield Stark County at Stark County? I think it's at Robert Williamsfield. No, oh, yeah. It's at Oneida. Oh, maybe I'm going back to get another pork chop from That's the shed. That. <laughs> oh. There we go. There we go. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, there's 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 a key matchup in every conference, right? Like, I love it. I mean, Genesee and Sterling. I mean, obviously, we know Sterling's running a little bit, but that's just you know historically speaking, great matchup there. In the track, you've got the big one with Kiwani going to Princeton. In the LLC, we got the game we were just talking about, uh, Rover Williams Field uh, hosting Stark County, and then in the NUIC, Lee Wynn going to Dupec. So yeah, week set or uh, week six is going to be uh, a lot of fun. I love it. It's we're getting into that time of year where every week, every matchup has huge implications. All right. We'll be, we'll be talking more about this stuff on our regular podcast, previewing week six. Mitch, we'll be talking our mid season awards. We'll, we'll get ourselves in trouble when we, you know, mention the wrong kid or don't mention you know, somebody, but, uh, you know, yeah, they'll, they'll like me and they'll, you know, they'll get mad at you. So that's fine. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. I'll, I'll, I'll bite the bullet, but everybody likes Brian stocking stock. Hope, thank you. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. As always stock. What was your, what was your gold, your stocking stat of the night on WQAD tonight? We had, uh, we mentioned North Scott, uh okay. going 25 one in their last 26 home games. That's an Iowa school. Okay. We, we also had uh Moline seven and three in their last 10 meetings with Rock Island. Pablo Perez five touchdown runs the last two weeks. There you go. There you go. Good stuff. All right, boys. This was a big one. We had a lot to talk about. It's great. Mitch, we'll be back on the pod in a couple days, previewing week yep. six. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to everyone for following along on Twitter. We love it. This is getting into the best time of year, and we're here to talk about all of it. Stock, we'll see you. We'll see you next week. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, everyone. We'll be around. We'll talk to you soon.